Hi there, Megan Thompson with Megan Thompson Coaching. And if you see your child struggling with their big, intense, angry, frustrating emotions on a regular basis, then listen in to today's show. We're gonna talk all about conflict resolution. Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children? Stop walking on eggshells and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. Here at MTC, we help parents of sensitive children who process the world deeply and very thoroughly with a very detail-oriented perspective go from zero to 60 every 10 seconds to being able to manage their calm, to call their parents out when their parents need to manage their calm from a place of wisdom, not from a place of urgency. I wanna take uh, a, a good look at the conversations that we have with you here on today's show uh, and, and bring up some examples of the wins that we see our clients have, especially related to tackling the demonstration and expression of anger. Now, when we think about the important piece of breaking out of this meltdown shutdown cycle, one of the things that is so, so critical for you as a parent is understanding that your child's emotions are an are an expression of a skill gap if their emotions are leading to very large behavior uh, challenges, right? Yelling, hitting, kicking, screaming, melting down, losing it, threatening, threatening themselves, saying things like you don't love me, expressing despair on a regular basis. Now children who are healthily developing, whether they're highly sensitive or not, are not expressing despair on a daily basis. And I say this with a little bit of a chuckle in my uh, voice because um, honestly, you know that know that your child is struggling at this level and uh, what what is so important for you to, um, to to solve this in your home is to really pay attention to what what else you're you're listening to or who else you're hearing that is allowing you to placate this position you know I was in a, a Facebook group that I don't run uh, the other day and a parent was asking about their sensitive four-year-old and saying that there are daily meltdowns going on in their home. And now uh, this is a a group that I occasionally contribute to and um, there are some uh, rules and applications that I have to abide by. It's not the group that I run, so I can't directly and explicitly give uh, my advice or uh, prioritize what I teach in that group, but I absolutely pay attention to how parents are struggling and what resources are out there for you so that I can speak intelligently about what you might be hearing, right? But also debunk myths that are so unhelpful for you as a parent when your child is struggling. Now, this is true for parents of four-year-olds. It's also true for parents of nine-year-olds and parents of 14-year-olds and parents of 17-year-olds. 
sensitive kids when they experience big emotions are not uh, effectively managing their emotions if those big emotions lead to big behaviors. And uh, this is really, really important to understand. Those big behaviors, as I just mentioned, are a sign that your child feels out of control. And that is a skill gap that you as their parent need to close. Um, and, and I say this uh, importantly because there are so many uh, false um, ideas out there that are actually keeping you stuck. And one of them is that your child is struggling and that this is something that you need to just ride it out. Um, when it comes to managing frustration and supporting your child and dissipating their anger, dissipating their frustration, uh, this is actually very counterproductive to expect your child to solve uh, on their own. Anger is a very powerful emotion, but anger is not the first emotion your child is experiencing when they're angry. And one thing that is so, so important for you to, to notice there is that if you're trying to solve the problem by, by uh, waiting for your child to mature, what you're doing is allowing your child to develop with these behavior patterns early. Now, by the time your child hits seven, they've built some pretty core values of theirs in, into their identity. And it's harder for older children to shift their personality and who they see themselves as being. And when a child is young, it is much easier to intervene as a parent. We see this all the time. Now we work with parents whose kids are between the ages of two and 18. So we don't turn children away who are a fit for what we do based on age. Our specialty is uh, that specific and also uh, that wide in the sense that the work that we do directly with parents or parents and teenagers is strategic um, and narrow in that respect, but we, we do know how to guide parents of children of all ages um, uh, with this problem. And when we look at the, the challenges that you're experiencing with your four-year-old, um, you might be thinking or you might be hearing from uh, spouse, co-parent, or grandparents that your child is going to grow out of it. Uh, sensitive children who experience daily meltdowns do not grow out of the root cause of the daily meltdowns. Now, they might stop expressing meltdowns, but uh, what they learn from you is that uh, their emotional experience is not as um, necessary to, to be focused on right now when you are riding it out if you're staying calm the whole time, right? And between you and me, you know, I'm a human as well. If my child was melting down on a daily basis, I, I, would, I would be probably melting down regularly, right? And that's likely what's going on in your home. It's what we hear our clients tell us all the time, that you lose it. You either lose it internally and you spiral and you Google, how do I solve this problem? And am I a good parent? And uh, does my child deserve a different parent? Or am I cut out for this? Or do I need to outsource this work to a professional? Um, and, and all sorts of things that you're Googling at, at three in the morning when you can't sleep and your child has had yet another meltdown. Or you're telling your child that it's all gonna be you know, figure outable and uh, we're just gonna wait for you to mature. And, and what, what happens there um, you, you, is that you likely explode, right? Uh, waiting without a uh, clear process or system uh, because 
enough is enough, right? It's very difficult to maintain your patience unconditionally. You're expected to love your child unconditionally, but not be unconditionally patient. That's an exceptional muscle that we have to grow as a parent. And when your child is losing their mind regularly, and, and this being a daily basis, um, it's very, very hard to do, right? Um, it's really hard to build skills when you're warring all day with yourself or with your child. And, um, and, and so this is why a lot of parents like you are stuck, right? Um, when, when we think about uh, how to break out of this pattern, it is absolutely something that you need to take, uh, take stock in, in addressing now. Because as a parent uh, whose child is struggling, your child is learning uh, the identity that they don't know what helps. Now, children manage this in one of two ways. Um, they either develop an identity that they don't know themselves and they have to listen to other people, which means that they stop trusting their gut, or uh, they start screaming it from the rooftops. And we see children waffle in this dynamic. It's a pendulum. We talk, I talk a lot about pendulums and extremes in the meltdown cycle in, on my show because that's really where uh, parents and families and children live uh, when sensitive children struggle with these, uh, these intense skill gaps. And the family dynamic has skill gaps as well is uh, people go in and start experiencing the world in extremes. Either somebody is going to um, be you know, perfect and, and all the time my expectations are gonna be met, or uh, if my expectation isn't met, then we're going, all going to heck in a handbasket and it's gonna be awful, right? And in that dynamic, uh, it's really important for you to not just try to talk yourself out of feeling like that, it's a certain level of despair that is very difficult to talk yourself out of uh, because it's a feeling. You have to feel your way out of that. Um, but you don't have to do that in the dark with a blindfold and facing the wrong direction after being spun a couple of times like you're playing pin the tail on the donkey. There's a much different and more effective way to solve this problem. And uh, we're going to talk about that later on in today's show. So when you think about the challenges that your child is experiencing, it's so important to notice that when they're expressing frustration over and over and over again, that your child is not doing this willfully. They're not doing this on purpose. They don't have a skill. The, the child's brain is uh, not fully developed enough to process cause and effect, especially when most emotionally dysregulated. That's actually not something that children develop until they're age 25 and up. And you and I probably can count a couple of 25-year-olds who will need to get to 30 before that cause and effect uh, decision-making process really truly kicks in and leads to inhibition of, of impulsive behavior, right? And um, myself included, when I was 25, I wasn't into all of the time being mindful of my decisions and making wise choices, for sure because I didn't know how to manage my impulses. I was a work hard, play hard kind of gal um, because that's all I knew. I just knew extremes. I knew holding it in and figuring it out and getting the job done and completely let, letting loose and having um, uh, you know, not a care in the world. And as a young adult, uh, that was acceptable, but it wasn't the best way to live. Um, it was very hard. I had to experience uh, a lot of uh, personal relationship challenges in order to grow out of that. And uh, we want better for our children, right? So if that was how you 
experienced your uh, college-aged years or early 20s or, or late adolescence, then it's likely you're listening to this because you don't want your kid to have to figure it out themselves and uh, to have to live a, a life that is, is not in match with the standards you have for yourself right now. Um, and, and so in that dynamic, I want to think about what's important for um, for our children, right? So acting impulsively is something that children do and acting impulsively on a regular basis to a point of destruction, either self-destruction or property destruction or other destruction through aggression uh, towards other people is a really hard way to live. And, and sensitive kids feel very big emotions. They feel deeply. And, and when that happens, uh, they often will throw in um, the, the response that is wrought with guilt and sadness and regret uh, if they are um, emotionally insightful enough at that point to share that. Now, um, the vast majority of human beings on this planet are not sociopathic and, and they do not lack emotional empathy. However, uh, children and teenagers who are in self-preservation mode or adults who are in self-preservation mode will choose not to share that vulnerability either subconsciously auto aka automatically because they're kids they don't know how to be vulnerable or consciously uh, adolescents might know intellectually how to be vulnerable but uh, don't feel comfortable trusting, sharing uh, that they care about other people's emotions and they care about their actions and they will then uh, lash out. So we see a lot of this with angry people or children who are showing up uh, angry on a regular basis is that there's a, um, a wall there between their vulnerability and um, their true self. You might see this in yourself. You might see this in your spouse or co-parent. Uh, that it's difficult for them to take feedback um, and on their anger, their frustration. And uh, this is coming from a place of struggling to receive uh, constructive criticism, feedback, right? Uh, and feel and still feel good about yourself um, and feel powerful, feel empowered to change. Now, your child doesn't feel empowered to change if it's difficult for them to take feedback for their behavior. Instead, they go straight to shame. And this is why I speak so often against traditional parenting, especially for uh, children who process things deeply, sensitive kids um, who are very wise beyond their years in some ways, but there's, a, there's a, an emotional gap between that and their chronological um, uh, thinking and um, their intellectual age as well. And, and so one of the things that's really important for you to hear is uh, related to validating uh, your child's emotions because you need to be able to notice how you are responding, how you're escalating, how you're making things worse, right? Uh, by not being in touch with your own emotions and not being in touch with how people change from um, being emotionally explosive and uh, how your child changes from being emotionally explosive. Now, again, I want to circle back. Uh, it is not appropriate for children who are experiencing daily meltdowns to expect them to ride it out. It's a skill gap, right? So with that uh, awareness, uh, what happens is even if the meltdown behavior goes away, the aggressive behavior stays. The verbal aggressive behavior stays. The uh, physically aggressive behavior stays and it might even look more calculated to you and uh, this can be really scary 
right? If your child, quote unquote, grows out of their meltdowns, uh, but then becomes even more angry, then it, this can be really, really frustrating as a parent. And you can doubt uh, the process that you're, um, that, you're, that you're working on. Now, you might be resonating with this if your child is nine and you see aggressive behavior, but you're not seeing meltdowns anymore. Um, and you might be wondering whether or not you're out of the woods if you've made any progress, right? It feels a lot more like whack-a-mole, I bet. So um, it's important for you to be focusing on helping your child build that awareness in their emotional uh, responses. And this is true whether your child is receptive to validation or not. Sensitive kids need to be able to notice their emotions and uh, it's up to you to help your child become receptive. Um, there's a scale of personal growth and, um, and that scale for your child is something you can speed up with an appropriate process. So definitely need to be able to support your child in validating their emotional reactivity before you work into problem solving because going straight to fix it mode is not going to solve anything. Uh, it's also really important for you to model healthy emotional expression. Like I said before, you know, I'm humble and insightful enough to notice that my young adulthood was not the best way to live. Work hard, play hard, um, really ran me over. Um, I didn't treat myself well in, in, my cir in, in those circumstances. I made out with great grades and had some fun for sure. Um, but I was, I was really hiding from my emotional uh, vulnerability in, and had to do a lot of personal development work and, and worked with a lot of coaches to help me build that insight and to make transformational shifts um, because I'm, I'm not a complainer. I'm not somebody who's going to sit in a session and, and um, you know, wait hour by hour, uh, week by week to feel a little bit better because I vented and got something off my chest. That process uh, felt excruciating to me, uh, seemed excruciating to me, and so it, it wasn't something that I latched on to. Uh, even as a therapist, it just wasn't something that I, I was receptive to for my personality. I was much more uh, receptive to a coaching type of relationship. I was able to get vulnerable because I had an outcome that I knew I was going to achieve uh, because that person uh, was clear on their system, their process, and helping me achieve that outcome. So then it became a means to an end, right? The emotional de depth um, was a lot easier for me to justify um, and, and as a hustler, if you're somebody who's a problem solver and a fixer, um, you know, managing your emotions might feel like something that's superfluous, a luxury or, or even inefficient or ineffective. And uh, I encourage you to notice that the, the way through isn't uh, the way out, right? Um, you need to be able to manage your own emotions and you can't be trying to jump ship in that process, especially when raising children. Uh, children need to be able to be working through learning how to be making empowering decisions and empowered decisions, and uh, they need to be able to do that by managing their impulses. Uh, perfectionists impulsively want to run away from things and quit too early. Uh, children who struggle with rage and frustration will often uh, want to blame other people and struggle with that, right? So it's all important for you to be paying attention to whether your child rages internally and blames themselves or rages externally and blames other people. So it, it is super important for you to be paying attention to how you influence this, uh, this dynamic in the home. Your child is learning those skills from you. You have to model healthy exp emotional expression. You have to demonstrate positive ways to manage frustration and dissipate frustration rather than just venting. 
um, you know, sh sharing your day-to-day -day stories are, are not what helps you process your emotions. It just gives them to somebody else to feel better uh, your, for yourself in, in uh, a fleeting moment. And uh, managing your stress has to be something that's much more strategic than that. You need to be able to um, avoid harmful expressions of anger like yelling and name calling or criticizing or, or you know, breaking things or, or slamming your hand on tables and, and, and all that. So if you're doing that, then that needs to stop and you need to be able to move out of that dynamic right away, right? And... Um, I also want to speak about uh, any sort of punishment that, that you're, you're doing in anger, especially um, for, for parents who think that discipline um, is something that, that requires physical punishment. Um, no teaching happens when you are using your physical hands um, on a child, and uh, that's really, really critical to be, um, to be noticing that. Now, it is important for you to model compromise as well. Um, you need to be able to model problem solving. Children don't creatively learn how to solve problems uh, if they don't know how to negotiate, if they don't need to know how to see how two sides can work together to, um, you know, to come to solve a problem. And so it will be important for you to model compromise and negotiation, uh, but not from a place of feeling like your child is your own hostage taker, right? So uh, you need to be able to create win-win solutions. If your child tends to negotiate by saying, if you do this, then I'll do that, then you can't be parenting from a place of, if you do this, then this happens, right? If then language does not work for sensitive children, they are very clever. Uh, they will use if-then language to, with you. They'll repeat what they hear, right? Sensitive kids learn from their parents. So you can't be using if-then language with your child. Uh, it doesn't teach your child anything other than how to negotiate with you. Uh, but a sensitive kid who's not emotionally regulated is going to be th using threats uh, in their negotiation. And, and the pr compromise doesn't, doesn't actually work, all right? So you need to be able to teach your child how to meet in the middle and uh, have those clear conversations and, and teach in a playful way um, to collaborate and communicate effectively. And this has to happen on a daily basis. You know, um, you can't be breaking out of meltdown cycles by walking on eggshells and just waiting for your child to solve it on their own or forget about something that they are asking you for. It has to be something that you're willing to handle head on. And that takes a lot of mindset work. We're going to get to um, point number four. You have to have a lot of mental resolve in solving this problem on your own or with a team. I mean, we teach our clients that uh, day in and day out, mental re resolve. Emotional resilience is something that you pass on to your children. Uh, it's not something that they learn from a coach or... Um, uh, a teacher or some other influential mentor. Sensitive children learn through their relationship with their parents. And uh, there's all kinds of research on vantage sensitivity for sensitive kids to back that up. So recommend that you uh, follow through on, on learning more about that and uh, dive deeper on that. There are other uh, shows that I've put out on that topic. So um, what, you know, what helps, right? If you want to be able to demonstrate this and model this from a place of not just keeping it together and gripping a steering wheel, but also being able to feel like you can systematically teach it, you need to be able to do that in a way that doesn't shame your child. Uh, you're completely 
avoiding lecturing altogether. That is, it has to be removed from your wheelhouse of uh, teaching your child. And then the next thing that you need to do is ensure that your, your focus is playful, right? You're focused on validation and uh, you're systematically pacing your child into growth so that their behavior shifts in a traje upward trajectory rather than it feeling like it's whack-a-mole. If you want our help to help you do that, happy to support you in breaking out of this pattern and uh, doing this so that you can live your life. You know, what's possible on the other side of this is that sensitive children are leading their their communities, they're re relating to uh, their peers in safe ways, they're telling their peers that, um, that they have shifted their behavior, they're advocating for their needs, they're telling adults around them that they've changed. Uh, this is an identity shift for sensitive children. To be able to communicate effectively requires not just humility and you know self-worth and security uh, in oneself, but also the ability to advocate for their needs, right? And, and you need to be able to do that yourself in order to teach that uh, to your child, all right? Okay, so when we think about um, the important pieces here that, that are, are for you to, to work on, uh, if you want our help to break out of this pattern, we're happy to talk to you on a, on a phone call to adjust uh, where you're struggling and, and focus on what you need to do in order to break out of that pattern uh, systematically and show you how our team can support you in doing that very same thing. And the best way to do that is to communicate uh, with our team and have a, have a call. And on that conversation, you'll talk about your goals, you'll talk about your dreams, you'll talk about the, the strife and the frustration that you're experiencing, uh, having not met your dreams yet, uh, regardless of your child's age, uh, within developmentally appropriate range as well. And then we'll support you in noticing what needs to be prioritized first. Uh, if your uh, family dynamic is the cause of uh, the meltdown cycle, then we'll absolutely tell you how we can help you address that pattern and how you can lead your family out of this and uh, do that systematically, right? Now, if there's something else that is uh, in the way of you reaching that goal, uh, or there's something that's more efficient or effective to get you to the outcome that, you, that you're asking for, then we will point you in that direction because we only work with families who we know we can help and who are a fit for the community that we've built. And uh, that's, that's a, an important assessment that we have to make on those calls. All right, so we look forward to talking to you and uh, we'll, we'll see you again soon. Thank you for joining me on this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, Here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen, what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So to see if we can help you do the same, head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson, and we look forward to speaking to you soon.